back in the air when she walk, everyone stares. The baddest thing in that place. Switch it up, now she whining. About to slide, grab her hand. She look back with a smile on her face. Welcome, welcome. This is the Simply King Podcast. It's your boy Rodney Perry King himself. And you just tuned into the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for humans, simply being humans. And today is a special one. I've been on a, a very interesting marathon here in Atlanta. I've recorded so many episodes to really, you know, create that great batch of content because um, Atlanta truly is, uh, became the, uh, I don't know, the second home for so many um, dope creatives. And today I have yet again another uh, creative and a person who, uh, who has several slashes within his uh within his uh, repertoire um and i appreciate that because i i love that you know there are people who claim they do a lot and there are people who actually do a lot <laughs> and i think um i really want to dive in get to know my guests for the day and also get you uh for you guys to get to know my guests as well um today i have here with me and i really want to know what the ctg stands for yeah. but i have here with me event host Songwriter, dot connector, Millie. <laughs> you had to put the dot connector. Yeah, I like because I like it. I like it. I like it, and, and I think it's your, your your energy feels like you can say that and mean it. Mm. And I yeah. think it's a difference between you know those hot buzzwords. But yes, welcome, welcome, Millie. Um, so what? So in your scream names and everything you have Millie CTG tell me what the CTG stands for so CTG stands for change the game and I feel in life this is what God has brought me to this beautiful earth to do Mm. and it's to change the game and you know it's just in anything that it needs to be done with it you Mm -hmm. know um whether it's musically yeah um if it's anything for inspiration yeah or if it's a situation where as you say, I feel like we're going to be saying this a lot with the whole dot connected thing. What I'm able to at least put certain things to the puzzle in order for it to make a paradigm shift. Yeah. So um, that that's really the meaning in regards to change the game. Mm. I, I feel like I've been destined here to shake it up a little bit. Yeah. So it's almost a, a mantra as exactly. well. Exactly. You know? Yes. Absolutely. I like that. I like that. I like that you uh, treat that as, you know, a part of your moniker and a part of you. Um, so I know you, you're not originally from, um, Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, where, where did you, I guess, where did you come from and, uh, when, how long have you been here? So I'm originally from New Jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, I can say like New Jersey and New York cause I was always back and forth growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, my family, like I went to school in New Jersey, but during the weekends, you know, I would go back and forth to New York, Brooklyn to be exact. Mm-hmm. Um, a little bit of Bro- a lot of Brooklyn, a little bit of Queens, a little bit of Long Island, but mostly like Brooklyn, and because um, a lot of my relatives, and my cousins, they reside there. So, mm-hmm. um, so I've been in Atlanta for I can say honestly since I was sixteen. Damn. Yeah. So, um, so I can definitely say that I'm from Atlanta now. You know, yeah, it's not a for sure. It's not a situation where I was like, yeah, I've been here for about three years, and I rep it now. I like. Um, I finished high school here. Yeah. I graduated college here. Exactly. You know, um, had my first internship, my first uh, internship actually in this building that we had that we we're in as right now. Like when they originally started in one of the other buildings, I was one of their first interns. Damn. Um, and on my journey to do like radio as well, 
um, I had my first internship with Hot 107.9 over here in Atlanta. So a lot of the stuff that has put me in the position of where I'm at as of right now mm-hmm. is because of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So that's why I represent it to the fullest. Damn. So in your in your lifetime, what made you, because you came here, you were, you were, your parents moved here, you decided to stay here, mm-hmm. get your education here. What was it about Atlanta that made you uh, feel comfortable and feel like you could actually uh, pretty much start the real your real the real world and your real life um, here? Growing up in New Jersey, I was in a I lived in a suburban white neighborhood. Okay. All right. So uh, there was not a lot of people that looked like us mm-hmm. where I grew up at. Yeah. From elementary school to my freshman year of high school. Yeah. Um, there wasn't really a lot of black people. I grew up around black people. Yeah. But when, on a day-to-day basis going to elementary school, it was very slim to none. Um, before moving down to Atlanta, uh, I always was in awe of the music in Atlanta. Mm. I always was a huge fan of Atlanta music, the Atlanta sound, and plus seeing black excellence you know yeah you it's very rare to see that growing up yeah so when i was in middle school you know i was listening to outcast mm-hmm. outcast was the first atlanta group that like made me fell in love with like the atlanta scene yeah like i you know um was southern playlistic cadillac pimping you know what i'm yeah. saying from there to at aliens like i was listening to that on repeat yeah and then um when ti came out first um, but I'm not talking about like, uh, what was it? Trap music. I'm talking about like, I'm serious. Mm-hmm. T.I. Uh, when I first heard T.I. And I was having, I listened to them and back, and uh, Outkast back and forth. And, um, my mom was, uh, listening to it as well too. And I told her, I was like, mom, I would love to go to Atlanta. And like, she was shocked because lo and behold, she was thinking about moving to Atlanta. Damn. <laughs> so, yeah. it was like... Divine timing. Yeah, divine timing. And it was like, it was low-key a little bit of like a, a premature manifestation mm. at the end of the day. Really? Why? So, well, it's because my mom asked, uh, while, you know, I was in middle school at the time, right? So, she was asking like, okay, you're about to go to high school. You know, you're about to step into a different, um, different part of your life where yeah. you're going to start thinking about what do you want to do. Yeah. And um, she always knew that I love music. Mm-hmm. She always knew that I love performing, and and I just knew how to gravitate and bring people towards my, you know, have like their undivided attention. Yeah. And I felt like that Atlanta was an opportunity for me to really excel and also be around like my individuals that have the same hunger, have the same passion as yes. I do. Yes. So. And knowing that at like what 14, 15 years old, that was that was a whole nother mm-hmm. you know, my mind was in a completely different place. Yeah. So when I finally moved down to Atlanta, now of course, if you're from Atlanta, you know, you're thinking that you're gonna be in the city. Yeah. But, you know, we was in the suburbs, so we was like right on the outskirts from Atlanta. So we moved to this small town. Well, originally we started we lived in Norcross for a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then we um my parents bought a home in the in a small town called Grayson. 
Mm-hmm. So it was very, very similar to where I lived in New Jersey, mm-hmm. where it was predominantly white. Mm. However, there was way more percentage of black people in the area. I just didn't know it until I went to high school. Uh. So being around more people that look like me, it was more, it was, it was shocking at first. Um, and I learned how to adapt to it. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's views and opinions are a lot different. Um, the one thing I definitely learned is Southern hospitality because everybody is friendly. Like, yeah. in, like in New York, New Jersey, like you wait to somebody, they thinking like you own something or you, yeah. or you did, they did something wrong or, yeah. you know, you ready to square, uh, square up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, um, just moving down here and then just getting reacquainted and understanding more about me and my blackness. Yeah. Um, it helped put me in the positions where I figure out, okay, this is what I really want to do from here. Yeah. I love that because I think that that is something that um, since being, I guess, uh, brought into awareness of what Atlanta is at a young age, mm-hmm. being from the South, it's always been um, kind of presented in that way, in that way of it being this place where people have started over uh, mm. gotten a fresh start um, went there and actually like strive for this idea or this dream that they had um, it's always that's always been a at least a, a great connotation that has been on Atlanta for at least all of my life right um, and I've always uh, admired that and like as I got older when it came to you know thinking about going to school and things like that right um, I think I was definitely in that same mindset as you thinking like even if I didn't know exactly what it is the hell I wanted to do at that time, um, but had ideas, I was like, yeah, I think this would be the place to go. This would be the place to be in. And also, I think I just was intrigued by actually being in a place I didn't know. And I don't know. I don't know if it was the uh, longing for some challenge or what it, whatever it might have been. But uh, what what, uh, what college did you go to? So I actually graduated from the Art Institute of Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. 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 What'd you study? Uh, video production. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. So, when I was in high school, um, the grad high school I was of course I graduated from Grayson High School. Mm-hmm. Um, shout out to them. They just won. I believe they just won the national high school championship in Georgia. Damn. I believe. Um, I know they had. A, they played against Collins Hill a couple of days ago. Um, but, um, yeah, I went to. The Art Institute of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. I was under the impression in regards to going there that I was going to do audio production. Back in high school, I was really big in video. So I was doing all the morning announcements. I was doing music videos. Um, I was in a technical program as well, too, where mm-hmm. they focused more on film. So I kind of treated in it because I just had to take that. And the credits required for graduation mm-hmm. were more heavy on the technical side. So I decided to go that route. Yeah to not take as much classes in, um, in your regular curriculum classes. Yeah. So, but that, it transitioned over to the Art Institute where I wanted to learn more about audio and video. Yeah. But during the time, you know, I was meeting several different individuals where the stuff that they're teaching them, like, they were my college roommates. I was learning, you know, in the dorm rooms. So, it made sense for me to, let me go ahead and harness what I know best. Mm-hmm. And see where it takes it from there Mm. what do you think it is that has kept this kind of collaborative 
spirit and energy throughout Atlanta, um, I guess, consistent over the years? Because I feel like you speak about that from the time where you were 16 years old. I'm speaking mm-hmm. about it when I was 18 before, I, you know, before coming down. And I, I've always kind of heard those things from people who either have came or are just even thinking about it. You know, mm-hmm. like, I'm going to move down to Atlanta. I don't know. It's, I just feel like it's going to be better. I mean, you know, what is it about, what do you think it is that has allowed for Atlanta to keep that in um, a part of its culture? The energy. Mm. It's the it's the, it's the energy. Because overall-wise, you come to Atlanta, a lot of people going to come, you know, they're going to open their arms to you. Yeah. You know? Um, of course, you have to be aware of who you be around. For but sure. at the same time, like, Everybody just trying to get it. Everybody mm-hmm. just trying to work, yeah. you know. Um, and then plus at the same time, for people that are coming out here for vacation, you know, they see the videos, they see the people popping bottles in the club, they mm-hmm. see, they see that the um, the ratio of black women is astronomical in Atlanta. Yeah. And plus, you see the fact that people are really, they really, they really popping off in here, you know. Yeah. Um, as long as you have that hustle spirit, that grind mentality, like you're, you're gonna be able to make it easily in Atlanta. Yeah. Um, but you have to be consistent with it. Consistency yeah. is key. Like, yeah. you know, your first month, like it. You know, I've seen situations where people move to Atlanta, and they feel like everything's gonna be different because they feel like everything's gonna be handed to them. Shit's not handed to you. You gotta earn it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've seen a lot of uh, success. I've seen a lot of failed trials. I've seen a lot of situations where people come out here with no money in their bank account, but six months later, making enough to just get by to a year later, making enough money to buy a home. Mm. And then I've seen situations where people move down here, they have all the money saved up, they got themselves situated in a good spot, you know, they don't really do their research, they just feel like, okay, let me get there and then everything's going to come to me. And then six months later, they're going back to live with their parents and stack back up. Yeah. So, Atlanta is what you make it. Yeah. I agree. I agree. Um, and I'll add to that that I think, um, I think I said this to you in, 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 you know, in our first conversation. Like, mm-hmm. I think the aspect of welcoming in uh, new minds and new ideas from uh, individuals outside of the city, I think, is what keeps the city fresh. You know, like, actually, actually making room for those transplants. Actually making room for those uh, individuals who may not be natives of the city, um, but are essentially doing positive things to add to the culture. You know, I think very, I think um, depending on the city, that may be a little bit harder. It's like, hold on, we ain't asked, we ain't asked for, you know, this kind of outsider influence, I guess, you know? Yeah, that's Because people, people believe that uh, doing that will kind of lose the essence of where, what the city is if they allow for uh, people who aren't from here, quote unquote, to direct where the city goes, but I feel like Atlanta has um, found a way to not only lean into that, but still make that a part of who they are, and Atlanta still is Atlanta, you know? That is true. Um, you know, for people that's going to come in here and they have a vision and they have a dream, I always recommend to make sure that you connect with people that not only homegrown, but have been around long enough to at least put you in the, at least help you lead, lead you into the uh, direction that you want to go. Because, yeah, you're going to get a lot of people that are like, man, we don't need y'all over here. Mm-hmm. It's true. But what are you doing about it? Mm-hmm. You can sit here and say, man, we good, we full. But, like, if you're going to move down to Atlanta, at least have a plan and attack it. Yeah. You know, there's just been so, you know, with this pandemic, it's been so crazy. 
or what's going on in regards to the city because all the stuff in, in regards to like the shootings the fights everything a lot of stuff has been done by out-of-towners yeah not homegrown yeah because we know better yeah the thing is is that when you're in Atlanta you can you can walk the slutty vegan then you might see a little baby up there yeah but we you know we're not gonna be starstruck because we understand that if celebrities move down here they're human you know yeah, we might have a little awestruck moment, but then we keep it moving. Mm-hmm. That's just what it is. You can go to the Apple store and Drake might be in there trying to get his screen replaced. Yeah. But, you know, you just keep it cool. Yeah. My, ironically, I had a, a funny story. My girl was in the same elevator with Drake. Um, didn't acknowledge him. Didn't realize it. Didn't really care. Mm-hmm. Like, he said hi. She was like, hey. And then that was it. Yeah. And then her friends was like, you know that was Drake, right? And she was like, I mean... He's still human. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, Very true. And, and and that's how Atlanta is. Like, you know, we respect what you're doing mm-hmm. and we expect you to just keep, you know, do your thing. Hell yeah. Don't go, don't try to overstay your welcome at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And that's, and that's where it gets wrong. People feel like, okay, yeah, we in Atlanta, we gonna run this stuff. Nah, brother. You come in with the wrong energy, that energy is gonna come back at you tenfold and it's not gonna be in the best situation. Mm-hmm. So, as I can honestly say now, from what I see from this standpoint, for people that want to build a brand, for people that have a goal, that have a mission, and is willing to network and be in situations to be vulnerable because sometimes you might get humbled mm-hmm. respectfully. Yeah. You know, then you'll be fine. But if you feel like you're going to come here and everything's going to happen within like the next 15 to 30 days and you don't put no work in, you don't put your foot on the pedal forget about it yeah yeah and you, and you know what I think that's definitely something that's in the air regardless if you um, lean into it or not like just the, the the energy to be active the energy to stay activated and actually you know just kind of always have something moving yes because the one thing that Atlanta is known for not only for business opportunities is the lifestyle yeah the party yeah you don't want to get lost into that you, don't. you can get lost in the sauce so quick. One party can change your life, and you you want to be out every single night because <laughs> everybody else is out every single night. But they're not they're not here for the same reasons that you're here. Mm. And I feel like that's what a lot of people get lost in. Yeah, they see the people popping bottles. They see the bottle girls looking like strippers, but they're not strippers. They just serving you a bottle. They see how everybody's throwing money in the air. They see all the strip clubs that's popping everything. Yeah, you want that lifestyle, but you got to earn it. And you don't know what these people are doing behind the scenes, whether they're doing shit legally or illegally. Yeah. So you have to figure out what your trade is, and then you have to learn how to balance. Yeah. Balance is the biggest key in living in Atlanta. Mm. Yeah. Especially if you ain't go to school here too. <laughs> if you come down here oh for school, gosh, and don't let don't let your um don't let your classmates be club promoters as well too because that's what makes it oh, even yeah. worse. That's the thing. You sitting here in history and they're passing out flyers in each of your seats like, hey, hey man, you know we got this party like later on you know, on Thursday. You mm-hmm. know it's college night. You, you try to pull up like it's bad. Yeah, and I've seen it. I've seen it so yeah. many times. You know, sometimes even club promoters that don't even go to the college, they will pull up at the colleges acting like they're students mm-hmm. um, just to promote their parties. Yeah. 
I know it. I've seen the tactics for sure, and, and it's it's a trip. But I, I, I think, um, I think it helps. I think uh, Atlanta to me feels like um, a beautiful microcosm of what so much of um, a predominantly black cities could be. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like I think it truly can be the um, the blueprint more than anything um, in terms of, and obviously you know make it to make sense wherever you are, but. Uh, I think the intangibles that I think Atlanta possesses aren't um, impossible to duplicate. You know? It is not. It and, is not. It's just that um, what I say about Atlanta is, is that the the businesses and the streets have a really, really good relationship if mm, you're from here. Mm-hmm. I would say that because, you know, there's a lot, you know, there's a lot of street niggas out here that respect anybody that's doing the grind that's getting into the money, anything from that standpoint. And they understand the essence of what Atlanta brings. Yeah. Because, you know, if you live outside Atlanta, you really think that it's Black Hollywood. Yeah. And they wanted to ma- they wanted to maintain that moniker, and more people need to come together and understand that if we all align as one, then we're capable of doing anything. Period. And it's like the conversation that we had um, a couple of days ago, you know. When you were explaining in regards to what um, Chicago can be, yeah, right. So, and I feel like Chicago is definitely on the cusp of doing that because I, sure. I have a lot of friends that from Chicago, and you know, you, it, they're, they're, it, they're really one and the same. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, it's like I know what you were explaining to me before. Like, if people trying to really start up stuff in Chicago, like, like hold on, bro, like we really don't know you like that, so mm-hmm. we don't know what your intentions are. Yeah, and I get it because most of the time there's a lot of people from Chicago that's on 10 because of whatever the surroundings is yes so um and it's the same thing with Atlanta but there is a mutual respect mm-hmm. if you come correct exactly and, and I think that that is the uh I think that's the thing that doesn't really matter in Chicago sometimes <laughs> you can come you can come with a whole uh motherfucking portfolio perspectives and a business plan they're gonna be like I don't know uh, though. Yeah. Like, who know you? <laughs> like, right. who, who know you that I know? You know, and I think I, I understand. I understand the environment. I understand the sensitivity and the guardedness. Uh, but also, too, I I think um, there's a lot of pride in terms of like um, just how they really do admire and protect the culture of their city in Chicago right. in a really, really strong way. And I don't think there's nothing wrong with that. But I do believe that that can be, you know, truly bottled up and, and goes and go on tour. You know, I think it can be uh, something that people outside of the city really understand, um, because I think that would change a lot of mindsets um, for people who are ignorant to what Chicago really is like. Because mm. so many people believe Chicago to be this, you know, very much so this Chirac. It's always dangerous. It's, you know, 30, 30 to 40 people plus getting shot every other weekend and especially on holiday weekends and mm. you know it's cold which is true mm-hmm. <laughs> but um but it, that's but one thing, it, that's one thing yeah, that is true it is cold. but it but i think it's the um what's crazy is the uh the people the people are uh, a hodgepodge of like being guarded but also having these um sudden sensibilities at, at times too um so it's a real interesting kind of um dynamic but i believe that um just like what you said earlier, you know, I think it's not about, you know, somebody coming in and doing something and trying to take over, but it's like, you know, what have you done? Though? 
Like what what are what are you trying to do to make it different or make it, you know, trying to, you know, really change the vibe or change the feeling or uh start something. Um and allow for that to be something that can be a, a mainstay more than anything. And I think that that's something that is uh that can be done that I think can and it also can be protected too. Right. In terms of uh thinking about the you know, the nightlife scenes, thinking about like I love I love how I remember learning this in uh <laughs> in college, the uh just the strip club scene in, in uh, Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. And I love how respected it is in terms of just it not being kind of um, made into a taboo, as I believe uh, it would be right. in so many other parts of the Southeast. Honestly, like mm-hmm. the fact that it, we're in the South and this is something that you know is truly you know celebrated. I remember telling somebody, I was like, yeah, it was like, it was like, strip clubs, like, really, really a, a strong thing. People, somebody who never been to Atlanta, I was like, hell yeah, it's like nursing. Everybody, never, it's, it's just as respected. A lot of people do it. A lot of people have done it. And um, it is what it is, you know. Right. Um, it's not something to dwell on or, or, or make it into a thing. It's, it's, it's a hustle, you know what I'm saying? It's a hustle right. that you can get into and do. Go it go be about it at whatever level you would like to be, you know. Mm-hmm. And um, I feel like every city can truly um, duplicate that sense of like seeing what we're great at, seeing what we what what's attractive about our city, and amplifying that to to the highest degree, right. you know. And I think that that's what Atlanta is done and is still doing to this day. We're not trying to be they're not trying to be like any other city. They're trying to be like themselves in the most most full ways. Um, well, the other thing is as well too, and you know, it's the food, bro. The food at the strip clubs is crazy. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, just in the most respectful way possible, right? Um, don't get me wrong, like, who doesn't love seeing strippers go on the pole and do magic tricks and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. But if you really want some good lemon pepper wings, extra wet, extra crunchy, mm-hmm. authentic wise, not from not the little small little tiny wings that you would get at you, you know <laughs> I ain't gonna say no names cause I don't want you know I don't want no backlash no nah, yeah, 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 yeah please don't <laughs> but people, people are sensitive about their chicken exactly people are sensitive about their chicken however, <laughs> however common um the food is great there too so yeah. like when people was giving Lou Will so much backlash like if you ain't in the city you don't know mm. you don't know mm. so you know like people making fun or trying to talk trash about Slutty Vegan, but Slutty Vegan is opening up stores in places that you wouldn't even expect and just opened up a storefront in Alabama. And about to do one in Pine City uh, Market, too. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And, and she owned all those spaces. Exactly. In the most gentrified areas possible. Mm-hmm. So, unless you hear, mind your business. Mm. That's, the, that's just the best way to explain it. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, um, with women that are in the strip club scene like look it's more power to them mm-hmm. because at the end of the day they gotta make sure that one they're in the right mental yeah. two that their body is right three dealing with these fugazi ass niggas that ain't got shit mm-hmm. but just wanna you know see a body and everything like that cause they gotta go through so much stuff you know they do, they do. and they don't get it they don't get um, enough credit for it however they do get enough credit when they get that money when they get that bag. <laughs> But you know, it's not like it's not the um it's not the easiest job to have. Nah, I can you know? only imagine. And then plus that money come quick. Yeah. You ain't gotta worry about um you ain't gotta worry about taxes that much. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? 
um, it's a whole other ball game. That fast money is crazy. Yeah. You know, um, so it's so it's always more power to them. So you know, we look at them just as like we like we. I have a lot of respect for DJs. Yeah. You know, um, I DJ time and time, but like I don't do it full time. Yeah. But you know, it's um, it's a skill. Hell yeah. It's an art. Hell yeah. You know, and it's like <laughs> not everybody can DJ. You got to understand how to control the crowd. Yes. And that is not an easy task to do mm-hmm. because when you feel like you got the best playlist. But if nobody's moving, mm-hmm. it's a wrap. Yeah, I, I think I, I appreciate any DJ ha- who has uh, just great audible skills. You know what I'm saying? When, exactly. When there's something um, either by way of the energy shifting in the room, certain certain people come in, or just a certain vibe kind of just re, yeah. re you know, it just occurs, and they they're able to you know go off what they probably had planned for their set to match whatever the vibe is now. And that's the biggest thing that you have to learn in regards to the party scene. So, you know, my bros, my peoples, they come out of support, but they might not listen to the same music that everybody in Atlanta listens to. Mm-hmm. So, you know, so when they come up and they ask, yo, can you play this? It might not catch the vibe. You might like it. Yeah. But that doesn't mean that the people, the hard-earning people that pay for a section, that got a birthday party going on, or they, you know, they trying to buy, they trying to buy all the bottles, and they might not want to listen to that, like, just you know, just from a different perspective. Mm-hmm. So like, um, with me being as like an event host, yeah, I always watch the crowd. My biggest thing is I love controlling the vibe. Yeah, I do. I, I love it. I love it a hundred percent because it just shows that. It shows the power that you have of making sure the event is a success. Mm. And then sometimes the DJ wants to focus more on the mix. And it's all about energy. Yeah. With through the energy that you provide while you're emceeing and make sure that the party is lit. If the DJ can match your energy, then your party is a success. Mm. So so that's is that the only uh I guess Thing that you're kind of measuring when it comes to you getting booked for something, you're going through that whole night, you, you're off at, you know, the party's over at 2 a.m., are you then saying, like, yeah, that was a vibe because of this element, or is it more than just that? It's still more, uh-huh. because it's not only it's not only the DJ, it's yeah. the club itself, too, Yeah. because you got to realize that you walking in in a position, you got to make sure that everybody gets paid. Mm-hmm. From the bartenders to the bottle girls to the hookah girls, mm-hmm. shit, even security sometimes. Mm-hmm. You gotta make sure that everybody is on the same page and everybody's catching the same vibe mm-hmm. because um, it's so important to make sure that everybody has a smile on their face or enjoying themselves or having a good time. Be, um, with this party, with this party situation, you can go to a party and and I've seen it countless times again, especially when I'm not hosting that people just sitting around looking at each other. Mm. I don't like that. Mm. I don't like it at all. It, um, I'd never, uh, I'd never enjoy that. I always want to make sure that, you know, if you're really going to enjoy yourself, enjoy yourself to the, to the, the best of your ability. Yeah. Shit. I want you standing on some furniture. I want you on your phone showing your friends how much of a good time that you have. I want you singing the lyrics to songs when the music stops. Yeah. I want you to make some noise if you just got paid. Make some noise if you got a promotion. Make some noise if you independent and you didn't need nobody to pay to get you into the club. Yeah. Like, 
This is supposed to be the best night of your life. Yeah. And my goal is to make sure of that yeah. when I'm a host. Yeah. Period. Even when I'm performing, I want to make sure that you're having the best time when you perform it. When yeah. I mean, when you yeah, enjoying yeah. the show at the end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's just my biggest thing at the end of the day. So, yeah. my goal is to make sure that everybody comes home or leaves having a good-ass time remembering that night. Hell yeah. It's an art, man. It's Hell a, yeah. It's a, it's a fucking art. And some people think they got it, and then there's some people that don't got it. Yeah. So. It's a lot of energy. I, I, I think I've always admired that about a really great host from you know my college years to to even now um and it's crazy it's damn near sad to even think about it because it's just uh atlanta probably the only place that's actually uh still trying to find ways to get shit popping <laughs> yeah just to innovate it's, it's it, it gets wild and wild so like when we was all locked down right because yeah. everybody hey so for everybody that don't live um outside of georgia i mean for, okay let me rephrase that for those who live outside of georgia and you think that Atlanta's been outside the whole entire pandemic? I'm going to tell you now, no. There was a period of time where we were completely shut down. The clubs were shut down and everything. The only reason why Atlanta's outside is because we got a Republican governor that doesn't give a fuck. Yeah. That's the only reason why. And so folks like, we're going to get money. Yeah. <laughs> so so I guess we're going to get money. <laughs> That's all it is. But yeah. um, even when we was locked down, my um, shout out to my dog, because he was the first person that did it and he innovated it. Um my dog DJ A plus mm-hmm. he created zoom parties mm. so pretty much he was at the crib he um, he set up he set up his audio system with his DJ equipment got on zoom sent a private invite and people were partying in the crib while he was playing music in clear quality sound that's dope so people were still having fun during the pandemic and that's one of the things I just love about Atlanta because we think of the most unorthodox ways of trying to make sure that we have a good time. If you're in Atlanta, you gonna you have to have a good time mm-hmm. whenever you out. Yeah, like you have to. I agree. I agree. It's it's almost hard not to. But I, but <laughs> I and um, but maybe I'm biased because I went to school here, so my my uh, affinity is very specific too. Well, yeah, that's true. But at yeah. the same time, you got to experience something that you didn't experience back home. Hell yeah. Hell yeah, hell yeah! I went the school I went to, um, Clark Atlanta University. Um, Go Panthers, by the way. Yes, um, <laughs> it, it, it it was twenty seven to one male to female ratio, uh, which was, uh, uh, like moving to Atlanta was already a culture shock in terms of just uh, the uh, very clear blackness oh, yeah. that the city possesses. Unapologetically, but, yeah, too. but but then also kind of doubling in and having this very you know strong sense of uh, femininity throughout the city in terms of uh, just the people mm-hmm. it was just like damn yeah this is gonna this is gonna be lit I'm, I'm gonna let me go ahead and settle in cause this is gonna be a, it's gonna be a good time right. um, but I learned a lot I learned so much um, and I'm glad that I I made that move and, and came here cause it, it feels good to, to call a place like this uh, a second home where I can come and fill in with energy and have um, connections and have those mutuals, you know. It's dope that you know who you know who Ray who Ray Two Three is, oh, and yeah, for with Black Lana, and 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 that be a part of the whole thing. And I I love that, especially when you go to school here, and your network expands past that, mm-hmm. uh, and as people just go and do new things, like now I can really feel so proud to say my connections to Atlanta are you know truly still you know benefiting me still to this day. Mm-hmm. Um, and what's crazy is I feel like I'm only 
dug into it just a little bit. Dude, <laughs> like that's what's crazy. It's like yeah, I feel like I haven't even put my whole self into it. It's people I've known. It's people that I've recorded with uh, this week that I've known for you know almost a decade. And it's mm. like, yeah, I'm I'm just not getting to you with my pod. <laughs> like, I'm, but it's like, <laughs> but it, it it's not even like a, a I had you on standby. But it's just like this is how many people I feel like I know who are qualified to either speak to a particular topic or just uh, or add a perspective on a, on something or they're just doing dope shit and I just really want to you know capture their story at this right, time right and uh, but speaking of dope shit because um, there is a, you know a buzzword and a phrase that you have leaned into and as I've celebrated you by saying that you you give the energy of that actually being what you do and what you what you do and what you're doing um, and that's being a dot connector <laughs> and I understand because nowadays and it's unfortunate because some people um, kind of just, you know, overuse and oversaturate certain terms, certain phrases and things Agreed. like that. Like, I remember I literally had an episode featuring um, R.K. Jackson. Shout out to him. Where he, um, where literally, I, I named the episode I'm a Creative. Because mm. that was a buzzword to me, you know, several years ago where just everybody was just considering them that, themselves that with no discernible trades or specific things they just would say that and um and i'm like okay i i guess you know we'll see what comes out of whatever it is that you create right. but it's like just just calling yourself this but not really having a um a skill attached to it or some work of some work that you've actually done and can say that you've done the you know the i guess a big part of it you know um it was so interesting to me but i think dot connector is something that um it has kind of filled in this kind of uh, filled in that space of being uh, this term that people use when they feel like they have brokered a lot of situations and um, at least that's what I've always seen it to be and you can tell me what what you how you would define it but I've always seen it to be a person who sees opportunities and uh, brings those parties together to uh, make something happen yeah so I mean you, you hit it right on the bullseye bro like for real um the way I look at Dr. Nether is, is that sees an opportunity that needs to be taken care of. Mm -hmm. So I always try to keep my ear out to what I know and who I know. Yeah. And um, I've been blessed with the opportunity to have relationships and know a lot of people in different spectrums that you would least expect. Mm -hmm. And... I always come across people that might need something or might just need this one little thing that might excel their business to the next level or might just get themselves where they needed to be. Mm -hmm. um, and I always try to pair them with that right energy. But at the same time, like, energy is big when it comes to it. So yeah. I never want to put anybody in a situation where they feel is, um, is at the end of the day... Um, not going to be beneficial mm. so because the real the biggest thing is that like if I if I meet you I you know it's kind of like how before we started this episode like you know you had to pre-qualify me first right just mm -hmm. to make sure that you know I go in regards to what your mantra is in regards to the podcast and also what you're trying to um, show your audience yeah right yeah so the same thing with me if I meet you and I see how your energy is and I see how you move, 
then at the same time, it gives me a good explanation. Like, okay, I know this person's a go-getter. So if I put them in a position with this person that needs this service, then I know that um, they're going to do great. Yeah. Biggest thing with me at the end of the day is, is that, like, if I connect you, I don't want them to have a bad taste in their mouth after the experience. Mm. I want to make sure that your services, like, you know, people can go back and forth and say, like, yo, I do this, I do that, I do this, I do that. But if you don't have the same energy as your pitch, yeah, then there's no point in me trying to connect you with them. Yeah. Do you, would you say that, um, have, how often does it feel like you are the, uh, initiator of these particular uh, connections by way of people requesting that of you versus you seeing them and just putting things together? So, I've, I've been blessed in the situation where I can see it before they even ask it. Okay. So, yeah, there's been times where be like, hey, Millie, do you know someone that can do this or someone that can do that? Yes, I get those a lot. But also at the same time, like, if I meet someone that, let's just say they're starting up a clothing line, mm-hmm. and they might need a, they they have the vision, but they need someone to really bring it to life. Mm. Then I could be like, hey, well, I know this graphic designer, or this graphics artist that, um, that might be the energy that you need to bring your brand to life. I'll put those two together, but I want to make sure that they mesh. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, like you can put people together, but at the same time, if they don't match the same energy or mm-hmm. inspire one another to actually step up their energy, yeah, then the connection is not worth it. Mm. Because at the end of the day, people, if you collab, it's supposed to make both of you guys look better. Not one person look good and the other one's still behind the scenes. Yeah. But that, that, that points to the next uh, question I have for you in that same line. How much does, um, I guess, how much does ego play a role? Or how much has <laughs> ego played a role within that being something that's a tendency that you've uh, tapped into um, over the years? It goes back to energy. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody can have an ego. Yeah. You know? But there's a difference between ego and there's also humility. Yeah. You can be humble you can be humble and have an ego at the same time when it comes to you in your craft. I rather you I rather you show your confidence in your passion yeah. than just speak it out to the world. Yeah. Because if you speak it out to the world, I'm expecting that same energy. Mm-hmm. If that energy is lackluster in your passion, then you need to realign yourself. And you need to see what makes you good and what makes you approachable. Mm-hmm. Because at the end of the day, somebody can do A, B, and C, mm-hmm. but they can't do E, F, G. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think it's, it's funny to me because um, I think that uh, so often I've learned so much about my own ego and how I've like been able to uh, understand myself by not trying to... Um, I would say make myself small, but make myself uh, adaptable more than anything. And um, I think that that's something that, to me, when it comes to collaboration, that's something I always keep in mind. Mm-hmm. It's like how much of how much of me um, needs to fill up this room, you know? And um, 
sometimes you might need to fill up the most because because yeah. you because depending on the particular uh I guess proposition that's you know presented to you um you may need to put so much of yourself into this you know that's because it, even if that's not a passion project that you even you know initiated on your own just by way of you knowing that you know your name or your reputation or whatever or just your quality of work uh, being brought into it, you may be like, all right, I know I'm gonna have to, you know, um, really, really go in with this. Uh, versus knowing that you have a really solid ass team of people around you, and it's like, I'm gonna play my role. I don't have, I can pass the ball. I don't have to uh, just be, just be all throughout this room and filling this up. I can really play this role because we are truly pillars in here, and not just, you know these silos working you know working on our own things and hopefully we can bring something together sometimes you have to be a James Harden yeah sometimes yeah. sometimes you have to be a James Harden or a, uh, a Russell Westbrook yeah you know what I'm saying or Kyrie Irving and they're great they're great at what they do yeah but then at the same time when you have the benefit of having a Steph Curry a Klay Thompson a Draymond Green yep you know you can um, ease up. You can ease up a little bit. You don't have to put as much emphasis around it. Mm-hmm. And that's what I look for at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Now, do I have to play that role at times? Of course. Yeah. But at the end of the day is that your goal in that situation is to help inspire that person to become more of a team player. Mm-hmm. And expand their horizons and putting them in the position where it's a position to win yeah. instead of losing. Yeah. Because you can still win, but in the back you might be still losing. Mm. My goal is to make sure that if I if I get you connected in the right situation, that you win. Yeah. And you keep going up instead yeah. of being, you know, stuck in the middle or just going back down the hill. Yeah. Like it's like with we're trying to put the right things together. It's always going to be an uphill battle. Yeah. It's how you control it and how you handle it. Yeah. What, um, have you had any situations that were uh, any connections that you made where your uh, your intuition was just a little off, like where it just didn't it went south, the connection went south or whatever? And I guess if that has occurred, how did you handle it, or did you or did they even Ooh. bring you did they even bring you back into it? You know what I'm saying to oh. even handle handle anything because I can understand if you made this connection, they and, and the things that happened are the things that happened, and you just supported from it you know, from a close arm's reach or whatever that may be, they may not even involve you in that uh, breakdown, I guess. <laughs> yeah, so um, there was an opportunity for uh, two, um, two associates that I knew of. Mm-hmm. Um, one was a guy, one was a girl. Mm-hmm. Um, I figured, you know, <clears throat> I introduced them at a networking event mm-hmm. and uh, I was like, hey, she does this, he does that. Um, I think it would be great if you guys network, and I say to the best of my abilities, network <laughs> to uh, get yourself and, you know, to help expand your careers. Yeah. Both of you guys' careers. Yeah. Because at the time, they were both aspiring. Yeah. Um, I get a phone call, like, maybe a month and a half later from from the female um, associate that I had and uh, she was telling me to the point where the guy was being too um, let's just put it like this 
he crossed a boundary that he should have not have crossed. Mm. And, you know, it's already tough enough when you're trying to network with people and they try to take advantage of the situation. Yeah. Because, I mean, the, um, my, my friend, you know, she, she's not ugly. She's definitely very attractive. So, um, in that situation, yet alone, it put me in a bad place because it's kind of like, hey, sh- you have someone that trusts you because she's seen the work that you've done. Yeah. And the fact that when you thought you knew someone that had that had the intentions of trying to build, but really was just trying to, I mean, all I mean, in the in the most in the most respectful way possible, take advantage of a situation that he shouldn't have. Yes. So. Um, what I did in regards to it, you know, I called him out on it. Yeah. I was like, look, man, like, I if I put you in a situation to win, I want you to win. But at the same time, like, j- don't overstep your boundaries. Do your job first. And if there's some type of energy after the job is done, cool. But don't do it during it. Yeah. You know? Because it's, you might think, oh, man, well, it's a dub for me. Like, it don't, it looks bad on you, but it looks worse on me because I referred you to her. Yeah. And I had, I mean, I had to, um, I had to cut off that relationship I had with that person because, and it wasn't like a, a close friend or like one of the people that I, you know, was in the trenches with or anything like that. But at the same time, business is business. Yeah. And if my name's going to be out there, I don't want it to be out there in a situation dealing with savages. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, my, one of my mentors, um, my mentor's wife, China Lofton, always said that there's certain situations when you get in the business relationship that you have to learn to love from a distance. Yep. And that's what I had to do from that person. But yeah. In this situation, I had to like from a distance. Yeah, yeah. It was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes it ain't love. Yeah, yeah sometimes it ain't love. Man. Yeah, sometimes it ain't, sometime it ain't love. love. But I, but I, I, I applaud you for doing that because I think that's something that we need to hear more, um, more anecdotes about. Yeah. Um, people absolutely. who have, you know, truly uh, check check the people when they when they go wrong. Um, no matter what level of the relationship is, because mm-hmm. we need that to. Um, Really keep everything, um, keep everything safe. Keep people uh, feeling um, inspired to continuously uh, meet new people and keep networking. Like that's right. like attaching a bad experience to something that you actually need to do to you know make yourself better mm-hmm. isn't ever good. You know, no one ever wants to like you know go through anything um, at any level of you know traumatic or um, or uncomfortable. And that be attached to uh, something they really need to do. So I can only imagine, you know, because it's kind of like she can move on and go to, you know, continuously go to events, go to industry events, go to networking events or whatever it may be and still be kind of apprehensive. It, and it may be um, it may be a man or woman who truly can assist her. Yeah. And maybe the exact connection that she needs. Um, but it's like, I don't know, because I don't know. It's like uh, like cause this is a thing, you know, it could be a thing. And. I'm glad that you at least um, provided that, uh, I don't know, kind of came in with some sense of refuge. You have to, and especially when it comes to women. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, the women are our mecca, you know? Yeah. Women, at the end of the day, is going to make the men um, elevate to the best of their abilities. Mm-hmm. And we have to protect, we got to protect our queens, man. Yeah. 
you know, and we um, whether it's someone that you're acquaintance with, someone that you're in a relationship with, or yeah. someone that you have a business relationship at the end of the day, because it's already tough for them for them for for women to get themselves to the next level when men just look at them with some men, not all men, some men look at them as just a piece of meat, which they're not. Yeah. They're human beings. Mm-hmm. They have thoughts. They got dreams. They have aspirations. Mm-hmm. They got goals. They got they got dedication. They got drive. You know, um, and they're determined to get themselves to the next level. You never know how it's going to benefit you at the end of the day, mm-hmm. because if that person blows up, they and they ask you, "Yo, how did you get in this situation?" Well, it all started with me networking with Millie, or. Yeah me networking with Rodney or mm-hmm. me um, getting myself in the right position with people who that really care about my development yeah. and not just my features. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, I've been surrounded by women all my life from my sisters to their friends mm-hmm. to even some of my real close acquaintances because, you know, at the end of the day, I understand their value and I understand how they're going to benefit me. Like, even when I do music, you know, my bros sometimes be like, man, you know, you know, you're doing your thing with this, like, international and the, and the, and the singing and, you know, you know, you can't to the women, but, you know, you got, you know, you got to spit for it sometimes. Yeah, but you're not going to buy my shit. <laughs> <laughs> like, women invest more Mm-hmm. In regards to progression, businesses, and everything else, yeah, without without a shadow of a doubt, yeah, for sure, before men do, yeah, you know, and I'm not speaking in regards to the people that are in my circle. I'm just talking about in general. Yes, you know, the data's out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The data's out there. <laughs> men lie, women lie, but numbers don't. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. just right off the bat. So you want to make sure that um, you put them in the best best position possible no matter what the situation is. Um, just a quick follow-up on that associate. I did reconnect it with a different person that I know is 100% about their business. And, um, but the, they're still working together to this day Dope. in regards to, uh, um, you know, their, you know, with their, um, with their venture that they have together. Yeah. So, um, I'm forever grateful in regards to that because I love seeing stuff like that. When people yeah. still con- continuing, continuously working together, it's a beautiful thing. I love that. I love that. I, I'm, I'm glad that, you know, you quickly figured out a way to, you know, mend <laughs> mend, mend that situation. Yeah, absolutely. Um, but to, but what, I, what, I, what I'll end with is, you know, tapping into and allowing you to speak to uh, all the other things that you do because you are a man of many things. And you, you just you just spoke about, you know, music. And um, songwriter is something that you know you you hold as uh, a part of you know your multifacetedness. <laughs> um, yes. Talk talk more about the the music that you create, um, either for you and others. Um, I started off more as an artist first, mm-hmm. so I'm still an artist as of now. Mm-hmm. But um, music is the one thing that keeps me sane. You know, it helps with my mental, it helps with my anxiety. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes like. If it's a situation where um, I'm not in the best of moods or something that's just really upset and concerning me, um, I take that and put it towards the music. Okay. So, um, 
it's one thing that keeps me sane. To me, you know, the goal, of course, is to have my music everywhere, whether it's me or someone else that is singing my lyrics. Yeah. Um, but just to be able to create music that feels good but has a purpose behind it. Yeah. Um, I feel like at this point, as of right now, with 2020, I did release two songs. I was supposed to really have this whole rollout for a project that I've been really, really working on. But I feel like, you know, with the pandemic and having the be forced to sit down, it gave me more of an opportunity to really fine tune what I wanted to do. Yeah. And what I what the what message that I feel like the world needs to hear us right now. Mm. Every artist in my opinion, whether you on or you not, is on the same equal playing field. Because I feel like everybody doesn't want to hear the same shit anymore. Yeah. And they want to hear real shit. Yeah. They wanna they wanna hear stories. They wanna hear your perspective on stuff. You know? Um and I wanted to create a body of work where it really is my perspective of certain things, but at the same time, like you really enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I wanna create music that is timeless. I wanna make music that, you know, your grandma can do stuff to. Mm. I want to make music that kids can, you know, just have fun with. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, understand, like, the meaning of the song. Like, mm-hmm. um, so I really tap back into, like, my international roots. And uh, I've always been a fan of international music, whether it's, like, Afrobeats, Compa, Soka, Chubadu, um, you know, reggae, of course, like, Duh. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like dance hall, whatever. But um, I wanted to create feel good music with a purpose that is something that you can move to, but at the same time, like just enjoy yourself. People yeah. need to start enjoying themselves again. Like, yeah. especially we made it this far, you know. Um, are we almost out? Nobody knows at this point. Mm-hmm. But I want to make sure I had that music that once we are able to really go outside again. Yeah and travel and like have kickbacks have block parties picnics and everything that I create the music to to help facilitate those events or those type of vibes like vibes is big with me I'm big on vibes I'm big on energy I'm big on just the overall experience so what I learned is is that everybody's like Yo, Millie, when you're on the mic at a party, it's always a vibe. Okay, so how can I put that same energy with me hosting into music? Yeah. So that's what has been my biggest goal. In regards to a songwriter standpoint, um, I've worked on children's books, mm-hmm. children's hip-hop books. Um, I've worked with, um, of course, like different artists as well, too. Some up-and-coming um, I did get the opportunity to work with uh, with Shamik Moore um, on his um, attributes in regards to uh, becoming a recording artist. He's always been a recording artist. Yeah, right. Yeah, he and the guy is 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 a is a talented individual. Mm-hmm. He is very talented, and you know, um, I always loved his work ethic. Mm-hmm. Like he has an insane work ethic. Like we'll sit here; it'll be three o'clock in the morning. I'll be 
lost in the couch waiting for her to finish his verse and then he'll wake me up like come on bro let's do push-ups I'm like, dog, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. Come mm-hmm. on, bro, let's do push-ups. So we sitting here just doing push-ups <laughs> in tree sound. And just, you know, just trying to keep the energy alive and everything. And um, I've worked with Troy, man. Um, that's that's like my that's like my old bro right there, man. Um, he was on the Rhythm and Flow on Netflix. Yes. He was the, uh, he was the, he was the one that came in fourth place. Yeah. Yeah. Um, at the fight, like at the finale, so mm-hmm. that's uh, that's like that's my he, like that last song, like uh, street that, lights. Yeah, that last song he did was uh, like something that I hope that he gets you know all placements for. Even even if he doesn't, that vibe was definitely something that he really was trying to show out on. So it's, that was that was a great concept of a show. It and, was, and, and they and they really put it on a lot of people who were. You could tell we're doing it for a long time. So here is a dot connected story. Yeah. Um, I'm not gonna take all the credit for it. Mm-hmm. However, the auditions for Rhythm and Flow was brought to me first. Okay. And um, shout out to uh, Drip Machina. He's uh he's actually one of my um go to producers. Um, he was telling me about the auditions. He was like, you should try out for it. And I told Troy he should do it too. Mm. And we were supposed to audition the same day, but we ended up auditioning different days. But um, I got in contact with his team at the time and was like, hey, they got this show that they're working on with Netflix. I think Troy would be dope for it. So I sent them the link to submit for it. And uh, both, and I, both of us auditioned. And Troy got the call back. That's dope. That's dope. So, um, so that that's that gives you just a little bit of example, like how close like me and Troy's relationship is, because mm-hmm. like, um, I don't want to say like hey, if it was for me, Troy would never be on Whip and Flow. No, like the way the universe works is, is that things happen for a reason. Yeah. And I was blessed for the opportunity to get to get a message, and I also made sure that, you know, my little bro had an opportunity to do it as well, and. I'm happy for his success. I'm happy how far he's going. And he just gave me a, you know, I bumped into him a couple weeks ago when um, he let me hear some of the new stuff he's been working on. Um, in 2020, he did release a, a project called Insomniac that um, had like uh, features with, um, with with Flawless, with T.I., mm-hmm. um, with London B, all the last like contestants and everything. And mm-hmm. it, it was dope. But like this new project that he's coming with, it's scary. <laughs> mm. It's gonna. Um, he's supposed to be dropping it soon. It's called Godspeed. But um, okay, you know. Um, so he's working on that. But uh, in regards to just songwriter wise, yeah, you know, I work with a lot of different people, and um, I'm grateful for the opportunities that and the connections that I'm able to make with it because I get to meet different producers and engineers, and everything from that standpoint, and have had opportunities to work at recording studios that I always wanted to work at. Like, when I was working with Shamit, I had a whole opportunity to work at Tree Sound. Which is so cool. Oh, so classy. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Shout out Molly, man, because, oh, my gosh. And everybody sings her praises, too. I man, love that. Molly, <laughs> you know, like, Molly is, look, if you go to Tree Sound and you don't, get a, you don't have an opportunity to meet Molly, you're crazy, okay? She is one of the most humble most energy lifting individuals mm. and then don't let her cook for you cause, mm. oh, what oh my gosh I think <laughs> it was one time we was in one of the we um, Treehouse has so many different rooms and we were um, 
up in one of the bigger rooms and uh it had a big old couch and man i was so tired i fell asleep oh for sure i was not <laughs> i wake up prematurely yeah and molly was right there like hey melly i made some food and i'm just sitting there like yay i'm just asleep and she was like hey just leave it there he'll when he wakes up he'll eat it so she leaves me a plate of just grilled chicken mac and cheese like mm. just it's such a it's such a like a real like home experience mm. and it's really one it's decked off so it's not somewhere with bright lights that you at least expect where to be at two it's like living in a tree house mm. it really is like there's so many different areas and different levels and it's just it's an experience yet alone to just be around and I just love the vibes over at at um at Tree Sound man there so shout out to them shout out to Molly shout out Three Little Digs um and then also I met um most importantly I met my dog Cool Deep who is uh who is one of my uh engineers now that I've been able to really work with a lot and he's worked with everybody from J Cole to Earth Gang to Jid Shamik of course um Young Thug like just a lot of different people yeah. and uh you know those tree sound sessions really really like gave me a better perspective of how to maneuver and how to move and learn more about just music in general so I'm always grateful for those experiences I love that I love that I love that I I, I love that the energy that you have with all that you do is still you know truly just based in um, collaboration and I think that's um, something that is um, I don't think I'm glad that this doesn't feel like it's rare um, anymore but I do love people who are the best examples of it you know mm-hmm. um, because I think that energy is going to spread the people that you know come under you who want to learn from you um, that'll be something that'll be truly um, something that you give them and something right. that they take with them and um, just like you said changing the game making making those individuals who uh, are at least inspired by you who uh, want to do anything similar to what you do or just want to understand something um, coming with that energy of, you know, build, work on the craft that you, you're great at and be able to, you know, share that with others. Um, but also when you see something that either is for you or could be for you and someone else or whatever, mm-hmm. just jump at that opportunity if you really feel like this is something that is um, going to be beneficial for all parties involved. One of my real good friends, um, his name is Brooks. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been around my development in regards to just being putting myself in a position ever since like we met in college yeah and um I remember those one day this was like years ago and he remembers everything so if I bring this up he's gonna be like oh yeah I remember that day (laughs) that's just how he is right Mm -hmm. um he had a quote on his phone Mm. and the quote was the greatest pleasure in life is doing what people say you cannot do Mm. And it stuck with me. It still sticks with me to this day. And I always tell everybody that. Mm. Because there's always someone that feels like that you're not good, that you're not good enough for, for whatever you want to do. Whether people saying to you like, hey, I mean, I see you doing this podcast thing, but I don't think it's a good idea. Yeah. It's only because they didn't think about it first. Yeah. Or they don't have the grit, the passion, the energy, and the time to dedicate towards it yeah so 
with that quote, it stick with it is stuck with me forever, and I feel like it will forever stick with me, is because it goes back into changing the game. I'm here to change people's perspectives of anything, and you know, I'm human. Not the most perfect person in the world, and yeah. there's still things that I have to personally develop within myself. Yes, you know, you know, and uh, my girl and I, we was just talking about like this year is development for both of us. Mm. So. I have to put myself in a position to make sure that I, whatever I manifest, yeah. that I continue to do it. Yeah. And the goal is to prove people that you're capable of doing anything that you set your mind to, no matter what the st- distractions come your way. Mm. So, for those who say that I cannot do it, I'm going to show you that I can do it. Mm. I like that. I like that. I like that. And I, I don't want to take it anywhere else because I think it's a good. That's a good. That's a good little note for, to send people off on. What I would like for you to do before we go is to let everybody know how they can support you, how they can um, just support you and build you up in um, in any way, shape, or form. How they can follow you and keep up with you. Let us let the people know. All right, man. So you can find me. Um, <laughs> You can find me somewhere at Benny Hanna's with my girlfriends. Um, let me stop. Let me stop. <laughs> I'm not going to a whole spiel, man. I'm going to stop. <laughs> you can find me on all social media platforms at M-I-L-L-I-E-C-T-G. M-I-L-L-I-E-C-T-G. Um, support me with my music, man. I'm out here in these streets because I'm, yes. I'm on all DSPs. It don't even matter if you got PlayStation or Xbox. I bet you can find my music on it. That's how connected <laughs> I am. Okay, so um, if you, I have a current single that during the time of this recording um, is out right now. It's called "World on Hold." It talks about you know my perspective of what's going on within the world as of right now, and mm-hmm. I feel like that it's just having us on hold, and there's always a different, there's a deeper agenda in regards to what's going on. So. Mm-hmm. Um, if you go to my Instagram, which is M I W L I E C T G, click the link on the bio. You can give it to there. Um, in the next couple of weeks, I will be releasing my new single for my upcoming project that I got coming out. It's called Young Haitian, um, which is called the first single is going to be, and just to let you know, you got the exclusive on it because no one hey. else know about it. So hey. uh, it's going to be called Catch This Vibe, and it's produced by my dog out of um on the west coast mock deuce so mm. uh it is a it is an international vibe so energy is real international um reggae afro beats type vibe mm-hmm. uh so i'm really really excited about it um uh, i've been and it's funny how that song came about because the your the way the song was originally set up was it was um shout out beat build that wave they have a competition where artists submit in their acapellas mm. and producers will build around the beat oh damn so I originally had this song set up on a totally different beat but I sent the vocals either way mm. and Mock Deuce and this other producer by the name of Benny B was going back and forth in regards to creating their own version of it yeah Mock Deuce won by a fucking landslide um the energy and the vibe of the song completely changed the whole mindset of how he produced it which mm. was crazy like I remember they played it on live and my sister um, shout out my little sister King B she 
texts me with the quickness. She's like, if you don't get this fucking song, <laughs> because it was it 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 was something so far left, mm. and what he did to it really did the justice and um, really started the relationship him and I have now. Yeah. So we worked on a couple, a few more tracks together. Yeah. That um, you know, that we're definitely going to be releasing soon, but. Uh, Every time I let anybody hear that song, they said, yeah, mm-hmm. this is the one. What's the name of that one again? Catch This Vibe. Catch This Vibe? Yeah. And that, one, that one's available now, too. So it's not, well, depending on the time of recording, yeah. it should be available at the time, whenever you release this. Okay. But, um, yeah, that might be the one that, that's probably going to be the one that's going to replace the link for, no, it is going to be the one that's going to replace the link for uh, World on Hold. But, uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's exciting. I'm really, really excited about this song. Oh, so, like, you know, a lot of times, you know, when people release music, like, yeah. yeah, I got this new track that I'm real excited about. Like, out of all the tracks I've released, this is probably the one that I'm most excited about. Mm. Mm. Well, yes. Make sure that you all go not only follow, but uh, certainly go into the description of this episode. And you'll see all the things that were just mentioned. Uh, that be songs, that be his, uh, his profiles and handles. Um, so you can get to those things as quickly as possible. Um, if you don't know, now you know you can listen to the Simply King podcast everywhere podcasts are streamed. Um, you can follow me at Kings underscore memoirs on all platforms. Uh, you can follow the podcast at the Simply King pod on IG, like the Facebook page at the Simply King podcast, as well as, um, yeah, make sure that you like, review, you know what I'm saying? Leave comments and for damn sure share, as I always say. This is family-sized content. So you would be mad as hell at yourself. You sit there and eat that whole bag of family-sized potato chips without giving not even one of them to somebody else. So share this. I appreciate you uh, in advance. Um, This is the Soulfully Conscious Podcast for Humans, Simply Being Humans. I'm Rodney Perry. This has been Millie CTG. And this is Simply King. Peace. Maybe let's cast this back